Hello, and thank you for listening to the History of World War II podcast, Episode 301, Burma, the Great Retreat, begins. Last time, General Sun Li Jen, and more directly, the 113th Regiment of the Chinese 38th Division, had pushed back elements of the Japanese 33rd Division at Yan'anyang on April 20th, though it was already a Japanese victory, considering the mauling the 1st Burma Division suffered, that and the retreat of General Slim's forces. But the Allies were about to be reminded, if such a thing was necessary, to avoid at all costs becoming POWs of the Japanese, or even getting left behind. Just before the last of the 1st Burma Division made it across the ford north of Yan'anyang to relative safety, its ambulances had become separated. And right before General Sun Li Jen's 113th Regiment temporarily pushed back the enemy 33rd Division, a British gunnery officer volunteered to recross the ford to get an update on the wounded left behind. What he found was one of the blackest episodes in the long history of British arms. Before being pushed back, the Japanese had come upon the Allied wounded and killed every single one of them. The British gunner found that, to a man, each corpse had either been bayoneted or had their throat cut. Word of this quickly spread among the British-led troops as well as to their Chinese allies. Despite all this, General William Slim still wanted to go over to the offensive, to, at the very least, strike at the nearby enemy 33rd Division, if he could be allowed to use his own 17th Division, which was east of his relative position. But General Alexander was of a different mind. He was thinking it was best to get out of Burma with what they had left. Yes, the 33rd Division could be bloodied again, but it would not change the wider situation. No, it was time to go. And before too long, Slim would be in agreement, considering what was happening in the Shan states in northeast Burma. As the Battle of Yan'anyang was underway, the Chinese 5th Army that had been driven from Tonggu went north about 25 miles to Pinyimana. Meanwhile, the Chinese 6th Army was to the east of Tonggu, but spread out south to north, protecting the town of Maochi. Nearby was the Japanese 56th Division, which separated a few detachments from itself, about a brigade's worth, some 1,500 men, and sent them east on the Maochi Road from Tonggu towards Maochi. At first, things looked promising for the Allies. Not only were the Chinese troops along the road and around the town itself, but also in the area were British-led local Karen troops. Yet, to be honest, they were recently taken in and barely trained. As the Battle of Tonggu had ended on March 30th, the Japanese detachment headed out on April 1st, while other parts of the 56th Division went north to further harass the Chinese 200th Division which it had just defeated. Alas, the Karen troops, nor the Chinese, were any match for the experienced Japanese brigade coming at them. The road was cleared of Allied troops, as was the town itself. 
Even worse for the defenders, the nearby Wolfram, or tungsten mines, were also captured. This material has many uses, but a pertinent one was helping create armor-piercing shells. The defeated Chinese units fell back to the northeast, closer to the Chinese border, not unlike the British-led forces retreating to the northwest, getting ever closer to the Indian border. This latest defeat was reported back to General Slim, and the news devastated him. First, the Karen troops did set up demolitions along the road, but they were not as strong as they could have been, nor were they backed up by troops ready to finish off any enemy troops stopped by the explosives. It would have been poetic justice had the British-led Karens set up a series of determined roadblocks to bleed and weaken the enemy before they reached Mauchi. Yet, that had not happened. Even worse, it seems, there was little enough fighting before the invaders reached the city. Hence, they were still fresh and well-organized. With these factors, the outcome was a foregone conclusion. But it was about to get even worse for the Chinese defending in this area. After being pushed out of Malchi, the 55th Chinese Division retreated to the northeast, to Ba Lake, even closer to the Siam border. As the Japanese 56th Division's goal was Lashio anyways, further north, they stayed close to the retreating Chinese 55th, but it would be here that Chinese forces put up another admirable defense in Burma. As the Chinese 55th gathered itself just south of Ba Lake to face the coming enemy 56th, the Chinese 94th Division used that time to gather itself a bit to the north of the 55th, to establish a second line. Though the word was sent out by the Chinese 55th to come together, many systematic problems, transportation, communications, and a clear set of boundaries and priorities, stopped a proper gathering in the area for a strong defensive line. With this being the case, the Chinese 55th pulled back again. But on April 15th, the Japanese used this latest pullback of the Chinese to launch their attack. What the defenders did not have in military equipment or sophistication, they made up for with tenacity. Both sides lost many men. Still, the Chinese 55th line held off the attack. The next day, April 16th, the Japanese were back engaging the defenders. Yet, this was not a normal assault. Rather, it was a feint. As the two sides clashed, the Japanese 56th sent men around both flanks. Again, the Chinese hung in there, delivering heavy casualties to the enemy while suffering their own. When the fighting ended, the Japanese regrouped, which allowed the 55th to pull back again, this time to Ball Lake itself. Still, this was another example of what the Chinese could do if fortitude was the order of the day. This podcast could not exist without the help of sponsors like Yahoo Finance. When it comes to your financial future, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, you've invested all that you can. Now, you need to take those investments to the next level by using what every financial great uses, Yahoo Finance. 
I've stressed this in my podcast about command and control, which is exactly what Yahoo Finance is. You can see all your investments and retirement accounts in one place. You can consolidate your views from multiple accounts into one hub and access the expert analysis you need to tend to your entire portfolio with confidence. Yahoo Finance has been around for more than 25 years, and they've worked things out. You've got the tools you need right at your fingertips. I open up my Yahoo Finance, and within seconds, I can see how my stocks and investments are doing. And basically, investing is all about growth. And in order to grow, you need to know what's going on. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination, YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. When General Joseph Stilwell heard of this outcome and guessed the retreating would continue, he wrote in his diary, We are about to take a beating, I think. And he was already planning on how he would recapture Burma. He would take as many Chinese troops as he would be allowed to India for proper training. Only then would he charge back into this battlefield. A request to do this very thing was sent to Chiang Kai-shek that same day. Back to the Chinese 55th Division, though they had executed another successful retreat, it was the Japanese 56th Division that took back the initiative. As the Chinese 55th readied themselves for another frontal attack, the attackers instead focused on cutting off the road to the west, out of Ba Lake. As the Japanese already controlled the southern road, the defenders were more or less cut off from the world. Seeing this, it was the Chinese who went on the attack, hoping to cut a hole in the road blocked to the west. Their attack commenced on April 18th and went on all day long, as the Chinese 55th was desperate. But despite their termination, the professionalism of their enemy won the day. As night came, the road was still blocked. Even more, that night and the next day, no one heard from the Chinese 55th, and they would not ever again. The division was attacked, shattered, spread out, with the few survivors running away on their own. The way north was now clear for the Japanese 56th. With the Chinese 6th Army a bit further north, unable to reach the 55th, they became worried, specifically about their own position at Loi Ka, about 60 kilometers or 37 miles north of Ba Lake. Then, even before April 18th was over, several Japanese armored cars were spotted nine miles south of Loi Ka. The leadership of the Chinese 6th Army knew they could not hold back the enemy alone. Certainly the 55th Division could not. So the 6th Army pulled out of Loi Ka, leaving behind minimal forces to hopefully delay the approaching enemy. And not wanting to have a repeat of what had just happened to their brother division, the 6th Army itself separated, got off the main road going north, and made best possible speed. But as they had abandoned the main road to the Japanese, the latter used their vehicles to get ahead of those retreating. 
By April 20th, Japanese positions were set up to stop the Chinese 6th Army from going any further north. The desperate Chinese were 80 miles or 128 kilometers north of Loi Ka, but still only 80 kilometers or 50 miles southeast of Mandalay in the country center. It will come as no surprise that soon enough, the 6th Army itself was scattered and only existed as a fighting force on paper. Central East Burma was quickly becoming the latest Japanese conquest, which made holding northern Burma more and more unlikely for Slim and Stillwell. The Battle of Burma had been shaping up, or rather down, for the Allies after this latest defeat, but it was now time to call it. The men under Slim were already gossiping about retreating to India. Generals Slim and Stilwell met with General Officer Commanding, or GOC, Harold Alexander, on April 19th. Slim, as it was his job, came to the meeting with a plan on how to keep fighting the invaders. Its chances of success, for the moment, was not the issue. He knew that Alexander wanted to pull the men out, and it was his job to offer up an alternative should the GOC ask for one. Basically, Slim proposed that he take his forces, plus the Chinese 38th Division that was already technically under his command, ask the Chinese for two more divisions, and hit the battle-hardened but currently regrouping Japanese 33rd Division as it was still shaking off, getting punched in the gut by General Sun, the Man of Destiny, and his 113th Regiment. These forces would be split up and hit the enemy from the north and east. Further, the British 17th Division, still holding a position to the south, which Alexander had hoped would give the Japanese pause, would come up and attack from the south. Clearly, the 17th Division, where it was, sitting 65 kilometers or about 40 miles southeast of Yan'anyang, wasn't getting the job done. The Japanese were not afraid to continue to push north. But if the Japanese 33rd could be hit from multiple directions and thus not allowed to escape, its being taken off the game board might just be the very thing to give the enemy pause. Then this multinational force could head east and attack the Japanese forces currently giving the Chinese 5th and 6th armies hell. Now, Slim knew this was a long shot, but if he, Alexander, said, we are staying in Burma, Slim, what are we going to do next? He would have an answer. And Slim had already run this by General Stilwell, who agreed to back him. With Slim and Stilwell staring at him, Alexander, not intimidated, gave the attack plan some thought. It's quite probable that the GOC was going to walk into this meeting and straight away issue a general retreat. The details for this were already put together. The Chinese 6th and 66th Armies, currently east of the Salween River, near the Siam border, would head north and exit into China. The Chinese 5th Army, in whatever condition it was in, would head further north and go into China through Lashio. 
The British 17th Division would head for Mandalay and then turn northwest to exit into India. The 1st Burma would make for India as well, but take a more southerly route. But then there was the situation of the 7th Armor Brigade and one brigade of the 17th Division. They were, per Alexander, to head to Lashio and enter China with that country's 5th Army, a most unusual move. Alexander was doing this for several reasons. First, he wanted to make sure that Chiang Kai-shek knew that Britain valued and trusted China as an ally in the war. Next, he wanted to apply pressure to the Chinese nationalist leader that when the British forces returned to Burma to take up the fight once again, some of Chiang's millions of troops would be at their side. Slim thought this was a risk and that his men might starve in famine-stricken China, but the call was not his to make. The point of all this is that Alexander had a plan to retreat that Slim did not think much of. Slim had a plan to attack that Alexander did not think much of. The problem was Alexander did not make a definite decision. First, he allowed Slim to request two more Chinese divisions, this was granted by Stilwell, and the vaunted 200th Division was ordered to move out. Not that Stilwell really knew how this order would be received. And the British 17th Division was told to prepare to march north on Yan'anyang, but nothing more. And there would be nothing more. For in a matter of days, the Chinese forces would be annihilated or scattered before the invaders, thus wrecking General Slim's plan, Slim chance that it had, for success. In a complete state of panic, the Chinese 6th Army, led by General Khan, was in full retreat from Loi Ka, but wisely, not wanting to fight the numerically superior Chinese in the future, the pursuing Japanese forces were ordered to destroy the fleeing 6th. So, breaking into smaller groups and evenly splitting up the motorized infantry carriers, tanks, and armored cars, the Japanese were constantly able to get in front of the retreating enemy and set up roadblocks. By April 21st, the 6th Chinese Army barely existed. The next day, April 22nd, this attacking force had reached Hopong, 60 kilometers north of Loi Ka, which had them well on their way to China. The remainder of the Chinese 6th Army moved east to Loi Len, but was pushed out of there as well. Again, General Khan ordered his remaining men east. Again, they were attacked, hounded, and pushed even further to the east. By the time General Khan and his were at Lashio, fairly running for the Chinese border, he only had 300 men with him. The Chinese 93rd Division had heard of Khan's trouble and rushed south to help. But when the true situation of the Japanese dominance became known, the 93rd Division turned tail and also made for home. All told, the Chinese 49th and 93rd Divisions, the 5th and 6th Armies, were bloodied, torn, and running for the hills, which made Slim's plans less than useless. But all was not lost, it seemed. 
for Vinegar Joe was about to do more than just commit Chinese troops and hoped they listened. Just before the Chinese forces in Burma had come unraveled, Stilwell had sent General Slim the 200th Division that had fought so bravely at Tonggu. These men had started arriving at Kyok Padong, 40 kilometers northeast of Yan'anyang, on April 20th. Slim was a little shocked to actually be receiving help from the quixotic Chinese, but pleasantly put the final touches on his Burma Directive Number 5 that was going to, hopefully, knock the enemy for six. Of course, at the moment, he did not know about the current status of the Chinese forces. Heading back to his headquarters, Slim readied his staff for this latest phase of the war. That never came, for it seems that even before the entirety of the 200th Division arrived, it was ordered back onto their lorries to head back to Stilwell, who had finally learned that his Chinese forces were in full retreat. Slim would only find out the next day when a staff officer told him, thinking the man was about to say the offensive had started, instead said, Did you know that all the Chinese forces at Kyak Padang are packing up and going back again? But the situation wasn't as dire as the British general thought. Not that he knew this either. For General Stilwell, having had enough of the conservative Chinese leadership, put all his cards on the table. Ordering back the 200th Division, he also grabbed a regiment from the 22nd Division and headed to Tonggi, 120 kilometers due east of Kyakpadang. The enemy was using that town as a jumping-off point to finish off the Chinese 5th Army. Hitting the enemy at Tonggi on April 23rd, the Chinese forces, with Stilwell leading the way, literally took the town the next day. But even this was a close-run thing, as the troops refused to go forward when ordered to. Stilwell had to promise a big cash bonus before they would fight. He did, and so they did, perhaps surprising the Japanese as much as they surprised themselves with this victory. It certainly didn't help that the American Volunteer Group, or AVG pilots, refused to fly low enough here to gather intelligence, as they considered going that low tantamount to a death trap. Further, when Stilwell asked for two reconnaissance planes from the AVG, it came to naught. But the most galling part for the American general was when he ordered, ordered General Lewis Brereton, who commanded the American 10th Air Force in India, to support the Allies in general and his current drive but he was told it was impossible. The Americans currently had eight bombers in India, or were on the way, but as Brereton related to his superior Stilwell, the gunners were not ready, not properly trained, and sending them in would only get them killed. Which is what was currently happening to thousands of Stilwell's Chinese soldiers. It must be noted that Stilwell had by this time written in his diary regarding his Chinese troops, I can't shoot them, I can't relieve them, and just talking to them does no good. So he relied on his last alternative. 
he bribed them. This had long been established in China, as in that culture, to die for a cause was stupid. War was more about maneuvers and forcing an opponent into submission, not to simply bash each other's heads in. Hoping to make escape possible for the other Chinese forces, not that Stillwell still wasn't trying to get them to turn around and fight, he pushed on east with the 200th Division and hit the enemy at Hopong on April 25th, scoring yet another victory as the enemy was pushed out of there. It's unclear if more money was needed to stimulate the men, but as General Slim had discovered years ago, if a tradition of victory can be established with a group of men, they were much more likely to keep fighting. Which is probably how Stilwell and the 200th Division would then go on to take Loy Lem from the Japanese, which was located about 35 kilometers northeast of Tongi, where they had started, and some 250 kilometers due south of Lashio. Why this was possible, that is, Stilwell leading these Chinese troops directly, was that the month previous, he had flown back to Chongqing and had it out with Chiang Kai-shek and Madame Chiang. Stilwell basically said, look, this is not working, they will not listen, so I must leave. The Chinese leader balked at this and promised Stilwell he would get more cooperation. So, here he was, leading these troops that thought dying was stupid, but if they lived, they would get a bonus. As for Stilwell, he recorded in his diary before this series of victories, what a sucker I'd look like if the Japs run me out of Burma. As stirring as Stilwell's string of victories was for the Allied effort, the war in Burma wasn't going to change directions. The Japanese were clearly going to run the table. The 200th Division couldn't simply keep going and defeat all before them. Every human, even Stilwell, would have to stop and rest at some point, and he knew this. Besides, G.O.C. Alexander was still of the mind to head for India. And then reality really did visit the American general. Having been with the 200th Division for the last few days, his lack of a real staff or solid communications demanded that he return to headquarters, if only to assist the rest of his Chinese troops. Unsurprisingly, when he left the 200, it was soon joining its comrades in heading back to China. But Stilwell had shown what could be done if enough loins could be guarded. But the question remained, could the various Chinese units in their various states of despair reach Lashio and then head for Chinese territory proper? The Japanese were certainly doing everything they could to make this not so. But that's when General Chang of the 66th Army plus the 28th Division were ordered to Lashio to secure the area and facilitate the retreating of other Chinese forces. As they had begun arriving on April 26th, Chong ordered some of his forces to the south of Lashio to project power further there and keep an eye out for enemy forces. Sure enough, Japanese troops were soon in the area, which caused Chong to call back his men to Lashio. 
Next, the remnants of the 5th Army started coming through. Even better, they still had a few of their armored vehicles, which Chong asked to use to help better protect the town. Yet the 5th Army commander would not part with what he had left. The rivalry among the Chinese generals was not a new thing. Still, Chong was left relatively weak compared to the approaching Japanese. As the attackers got closer to Lashio, they were able to grab Chinese stores and either destroyed them or used them for their own purposes. So, reinforced, Lashio was attacked on April 29th. And as the enemy came at the Chinese, with 30 light tanks, a few armored cars, 12 guns, and two battalions worth of men, all riding in vehicles, the outmatched Chong, though he and his men tried, were pushed back. Lashio was lost and then occupied. But even then, the Japanese pushed on to the north, taking Bamo and Maitkina 170 kilometers due north of Lashio on May 8th. By then, the only Chinese forces still in Burma was the stragglers of the 5th Army and the 38th Division, which was still, again, technically, under Slim's command. With the situation thus, Alexander, Slim, and Stilwell met back on April 25th, about 25 miles south of Mandalay. Slim's plan, backed by Stilwell, was in tatters, and the latter had just returned from taking Tongi, but it was not enough. Next, the more information that came in about the Chinese troops, the more gloom settled over the meeting. Clearly, it was time to leave Burma, but the question was, how exactly? Alexander tried to answer this in phases. First, all forces were to retreat north of Mandalay. Hopefully, the Japanese would not stay on their tails during this retreat, which would give the Allied troops time to reorganize, as well as to allow any scattered forces to catch up. For many hundreds, if not thousands, of Chinese troops were scattered about and had enemy forces in between themselves and China. Also, Alexander wanted the British left flank in eastern Burma extended to help as much as it may, shield the retreating Chinese. This was more of a gesture than a solid move, but gestures matter to one's allies. And finally, on April 28th, when Lashio was about to fall to the enemy, which meant that all of Burmese territory to the north of it would be open to capture, GOC Alexander ordered a final withdrawal. There were rearguard actions to undertake, to be sure, but the race was on. Who would get out of Burma first? The Chinese, who had a decent head start, or General Slim's men, who were currently fighting south of Lashio, to help the Chinese retreat? The answer was probably apparent to all. But the next question was, how many men would Slim and Stilwell lose before they were beyond the reach of the enemy. For the answer to that would determine how quickly they could return and once again engage in the Battle of Burma. <laughs> 